did you miss this? Be honest. We know you missed this. We backed up. It's been a minute. We got a lot of great stuff to talk about. It's been a crazy offseason, and we're going to break it all down on this episode. You already know what it is. This is the extra point. Let's go. All right, we're back. It's been a little minute, but as always, I got my bro JC with me. JC, how you doing, man? What's up, bro? Happy to be back. Draft season. Yeah, man. It is the best time of the year, honestly, to me. Uh, just as exciting as the season. Uh, I love the draft. I love getting into it every year. But there's been a lot of stuff before we get into the draft that we got to talk about. Um, a lot of news going on at one winning drive. The castle has been booming. Of course, Orlando Brown traded to the Chiefs in exchange for a first-round pick at pick 31. Uh, and I believe we also got a third and a fourth and a fifth for next year. Something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. And the Ravens and the Ravens give up their second round pick and a six from next year. Jordan, as soon as you hit a trade, how do you feel? So I was working. I was working and I was going out of my office and I was like, oh, shit, I got to hurry up and call Wayne. You know what I'm saying? So I heard him call you. You didn't answer. He was like, oh, yo, hold up. I'm I'm like, yo, do you see this shit? Because it's like 30 minutes earlier, we was having a debate about Orlando Brown's value and where we think he was going to go. And he was talking like high early first, and I was I don't know. And we was just having a good conversation about it. And then as soon as that happened, I looked at my phone and I got the notification. So that shit was crazy. And how do I think about it? I don't know, man. I just feel like I got to wait till Thursday to see what we're going to do with all these draft picks. Like, it is very confusing. I felt like mm-hmm. I really didn't like that we gave up a second round pick to move to pick 31. So basically, Orlando Brown just went for a whole uh, second round pick rate or, or pick 31. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I didn't love it. How did yeah. you feel about it? It was crazy because, like you were saying, we were literally talking about Orlando Brown's value. And I'll be honest, Orlando Brown. You know, before this trade went through, I really had him as a very good player. Um, you know, multiple-time pro bowler, right tackle. That's an absolute mauler on the outside, being a bookend tackle and a serviceable left tackle. Um, and I thought, you know, the Ravens had enough ammo to move Orlando Brown and maybe get anybody's first round, one of those early teams, at least the Chargers um, in dream situation, the Panthers. But – um, as it turns out, that wasn't the case. We give Orlando Brown to the Chiefs in exchange for essentially moving up in the second round and moving up next year. Uh, I the trade at first. I didn't love it. But after being able to sit on it, I mean, you know, it was – we kind of had lost our leverage. Orlando Brown came out publicly and saying he wanted to play left tackle. He didn't want to be in Baltimore anymore. That messes with his value. And honestly, you know, the Ravens, they got the tape. We, we know who Orlando Brown is. He's very big. He's very strong. He's not your athletic guy that you usually put at the left tackle. He's not taking Ronnie Stanley's spot. We had to move him eventually, and this could have been what EDC and the people of McCastle viewed as the best option to get the most value out of the player right now. So we do, like you said, got to see what we do with these picks moving forward to really get a good assessment on the trade. But off bucks, you know, I give it, I give it like a B, C plus. I think uh-huh. right now when I first heard it, because another part that we didn't even talk was trading it to Kansas City. 
And I know I was like, shit, Kansas City? Out of all teams, you give them to him, Mahomes? But I think, like you said, we got the film, and, and he's not a prototypical, prototypical left tackle. Right. And he can be beat by a certain type of rusher. So he's going to be in a division where he has to go against Joey Bosa, Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Yannick and Dockway, who the Raiders just got. You know, Max Crosby, Cullen Farrell. He's gonna he's gonna see some smoke in that in that division. So absolutely, he's gonna be ready. So absolutely, I, I wish absolutely. him the best, and I was happy he's a homegrown kid from Baltimore, and it was his dream, his father's dream, family play left tackle. So I'm hoping the best for real. But yeah. overall, I give him a I give him a, a B. Yeah, and see, I think that's also what kind of affected my view on the trade is. I was, I honestly was a fan of Orlando Brown, the story of his dad playing for us, and then almost saying like destiny that we were able to grab him so late. Um, and then he comes in and he's a very good player, you know, from right here in Baltimore. And uh, I was a fan of his game. I liked who he was. I think he's a great guy and I, I wish him the best. We'll see. And the, a lot of people were saying this could have been a win for all sides. It's a win for Orlando Brown. It's definitely a win for the Chiefs because they had nobody at tackle. And if we nail these picks, this could be a win for us as well. Um, but yeah, speaking yeah. of – yeah. Speaking of uh, off-season moves, we had some other things going on that we weren't able to cover. How do you feel about the Ravens signings? Um, we have two. On the offensive side, we got Kevin Zeitler and Sammy Watkins, new Ravens in the building. How do you feel about those moves? Zeitler, I was ecstatic for when I first ended up having the first day of free agency, and that was a lot of action. Uh, Sammy, I think it was the best we could have got. I mean – Juju said no. T.Y. said no. So, I think Sammy is serviceable. I, I'm in a mode that we need another weapon, and we need another weapon early in the draft. So, I think that's what the Ravens should target. But Sammy Watkins will be a good compliment. And Zeitler is a, is a pro bowl guy. And we know what he's going to bring to the right guard position. You know what I'm saying? He's a bona fide right guard that played in the AFC North before for two teams. So, he know how to get down. So, that's a good move. He's a mauler. We're going to run the football. So, I think offensive line, and, and I'm giving away a little bit of the show later on, but I think we really need to focus on offensive line and receiving this draft. Okay. And I won't speak too much on the same move. I mean, it is what it is. He was who he was. Um, that's been speak, spoken about in Ravens media for so long. And we'll get more into that when we get to the draft. But I love this Zeitler move. Um, we can really, really uh, do some damage if our O-line improves from next year. Um, and we'll talk about it, but I also think some of our lack of O-line play might have factored into our inability to effectively pass as well. Um, Zeitler is a guy that can come in and help us in both the run and the pass and solid up some of that interior O-line play that we were really missing last season, especially when we had to shuffle players around due to injury. So I can't be mad at those signings. Um, they address teams' uh, positions of need. And what it seems like now is that there's more moves to come with both Justin Houston and uh, Alejandro Villanueva visiting the Ravens in some time in this past month. Neither have signed with anyone else or take any visits with anyone else, as I've heard. So a lot of signs pointing that both of those players will be signed probably uh, as early as Monday, I'm guessing, when the draft concludes. So let's get into it, JC. You were saying you like the weapons you think the Ravens need to add weapons in this draft uh for the offense who are some of your favorite prospects just in general not some guys that you think might actually fall but 
just in general, some of those weapons or some players you really like in the draft? Of course, Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm a very big Jamal Chase guy. I think Jamal Chase is excellent. I think he's going to be an excellent receiver. I, I know we had had conversations. I think he's going to go to the Bengals, and I think he's going to be a problem for Ravens fans for the next couple of years. Um, I love Waddle. I love all of the receivers this year coming out. Uh, I think Devontae Smith, his his is based off a of fit. So if he finds a good fit, I think Waddle is going to be a bona fide superstar just because he's aggressive and the way he plays, he plays the game physical for a little guy. Um, some later guys, I kind of like the guy from Clemson. I like Elijah Moore. I like Deami Brown. Um, I don't love Taron Wallace and I don't love St. Brown too much, but I think they're going to be suitable guys in the NFL. Not number ones, though. I think the rest of the, the first guys I named has the potential to all be a number one. I know all of them not going to be, but they're going to have the potential to be. Okay. Yeah, I agree with some of those names. I, I, Jalen Waddle is one of my favorite receivers in the draft. Um, he is a little undersized, but if he goes into the right offense, I think he can be an absolute monster. He's got ridiculous athletic ability. Um, he's got, like, a crazy vertical. So even though he might be, like, a six-foot, 5'11 guy, He's got like a 45-inch vertical or something crazy like that. So he jumps, he plays physical, he can get the ball. Um, definitely one of my favorite prospects. I kind of disagree with your assessment of Tylen Wallace. I do think Tylen Wallace is risky, um, especially with the Ravens always going out to get those deep ball guys. you got to be able to be uh, a versatile receiver um, in the NFL to be successful unless you're that good at jump balls. And Tylen Wallace – doesn't really have the crazy speed or size where he can just going to be able to, you know, dominate jump balls and, and, and be NFL caliber corners. But uh, some of the lack of explosiveness that they were saying was uh, could be attributed. I think he had like an ACL tear or something like that, and he was still recovering or whatever. And as he get healthier, he should uh, be able to get some of his explosive, explosiveness back. But I'm a Tylen Wallace fan. I like his game when I was watching him on film um, as a late-round target. And De'Ami Brown, he's kind of growing on me. Uh, the drops concern me, concern me, but he's a good receiver, and he can do good things after the catch. Uh, you got any defensive guys that you like in this draft? Well, you know I love Muttenberger. Well, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. But I like to kick the safety from TCU. I love his game. Yeah. <laughs> Trayvon Marig, yeah. Marig, Marig. I don't know why I said Marig. I can't even talk. But Marig, I was about to I say, who's Muttenberger? I love his game. Um, I like Michael Parsons a lot. I really don't love any of these edge rushes. I don't think any of these edge rushes are that impactful. Maybe the best one would be Dana Phillips. Aziz interests me, but none of the other guys with production. I believe in production. If you don't have any production on the college level, how can you have production in – NFL to me, you know, so I mm-hmm. need to see some sacks. The guy from Texas, I didn't. They don't have a lot of production to me, so there will all be chances. I really like the guy from Washington, Tryon. I really like him. I know I called you about him yesterday. I was like, I really like him. That's some guy that me and you looked at some film up at earlier. Um, I feel like the secondary picks you can't miss. I feel like all three of the corners are going to be bona fide stars in this league. Joe Horn, uh, Satan, and Caleb Farley, and if Caleb Farley somehow slips to in the twenties, I will trade what I can to get Caleb Farley because he's that good. If the back okay. is okay. Um, yeah, I like I like 
I like Aziz Olajari. He's undersized. Um, that's one of his biggest knocks. But he's got the numbers in the SEC. And uh, the Ravens, I know we know how to develop edge rushers. And um, he's powerful. He's strong. He's explosive off the edge. I'll be um, super excited if the Ravens went and got Aziz Olajari if he fell to us in the draft. Quiddy Pay, I also think is good. Um, and I also like uh, Joe Tyron as well from Washington, even though he played in a weaker conference. Um, I think he could be good with the right coaching. He went – he liked the backdoor plays a lot, uh, cheating side. He might get caught with some of those in the NFL if he doesn't keep contained. But um, if he's if he has the athleticism to do it at the next level, he, he, he'll be good and with some coaching and some – some direction, which I know our coaching staff could do. Uh, that would be a guy that I would like to see in purple as well, especially if he falls. But um, getting more specifically to the Ravens, how do you think the Ravens actually are going to move in this draft? With us having 27 and 31, do you think we stay put? Who do you think we're picking? How do you think we're moving when we meet with these picks? I think we have the right to be aggressive. Just knowing the Ravens, I don't think they will be. I think we could, though, and it can be helpful to us. But I just think we're going to stay at 27. Or if Rashad Bateman is there on the board at 22, 24, I might trade for that. I might trade trade up to get him. But I just think if the board falls to us, we pick, like you told me earlier, best people available for both picks. And then I think the move is to trade back into the second round. Yeah. I think if you don't trade up in the first, the move absolutely is the trade in the second. Uh, we got to take advantage of the talent in this class. I think uh, there's a lot of players that are going to fall to the second round that are first uh, first round caliber talent. Um, some of those being like Trayvon Marig, a Joe Tryon, Tyron, or is it Tryon or Tyron? I got to double check. I think I don't know. I'm not good with names, <laughs> but um. <laughs> You know, if if some and then even if like a Jason Alway or a Joseph Osai falls to the second, um, I wouldn't mind taking a chance on one of them or a Terrace Marshall Jr. with some medical concerns now. Um, a lot of people seeing him fall down the draft boards. Um, or if like a Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, who a lot of people have mocked to the Ravens, a lot of people love in the Ravens uniform. If if the call works and we can make it happen, um, why not? I don't think we have enough roster spots this year per se. Four non-players, um, Eric DaCosta wants to get, as he said, 10 picks in each of these upcoming drafts this year and the next. Um, but at the end of the day, I think at some point, you know, the Ravens are going to have to go all in and try to win now. And if it's a player that could be a game changer, especially, oh, my God, if like a Devontae Smith slip and somehow a team like the Redskins or, I don't know, somebody was just willing to <laughs> – stock up on tri- picks because they don't need a receiver, even though I don't see how you pass on the Devontae Smith like that. Um, I would love to see the Ravens be able to acquire one of them. But realistically speaking, I think the more likely scenario is we stay at 27 and 31, go best player available, and use the third and fourth round and fifth round picks we have this year and some of the additional comp picks we may be getting next year to move up back into the second and get another starter. And then hopefully we can walk out the draft with three rookie starters. And that would be be nice. That would be nice. Um, Because that's about how many holes we have, really. 
on the roster that we really need to improve. Yeah, uh, DN, offensive line, and receiver, I mean. Yeah, if we can get three starters um, in the first two days at those positions, I think the Ravens are in really good shape. Um, so just to end off, I guess in general, I was listening to Ozzy Newsom uh, on Club Shay Shay. Shout out to Shannon Sharp. That's a great podcast series. Uh, if any of y'all want to check out an interesting podcast about not just football, but life in general. Um, I was listening to the Ozzie Newsome episode, and they were talking about how even to this day, the Ravens still believe that running the football and playing defense is how you win championships. And with the criticism uh, for how we draft and develop receivers and with the responses from coaches and management on how we view receivers and our plan moving forward, do you think that's true? Are the Ravens the team to break the mold? Or in general, can a team still win a championship by running the ball and playing defense? Or do you have to be like the new age, Patty Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and sling it um, to win? This is a tough one for me because I love running the football. It's my favorite part of the football game. I love running backs. I love watching them run. But I honestly think in this age, Patty Mahomes can be a lot of good things, bro. If you have, if he has a good piece, if it's players like that, I feel like Deshaun Watson, even Lamar, good offense in, the, in this NFL beats good defense, and it's and it's not the way we grew up on, and it's not the the Ravens culture. But offense is getting you there, man. But specifically passing instead of running because I'm not saying just in your offense and just going out there and trying to have a greatest defense of all time I'm saying does it have to be heavy pass offense the the the, the is that the is that the model is it is it impossible oh, oh, okay. is it impossible to win it without running the ball and playing defense I think it's all about matchups NFL is all about so if you have a Good matchup. Like, I feel like we can win that model playing against the Kansas City team, but against a good Buffalo defense, you know, who can who has the athleticism to do that. I don't think Kansas City would have had the athleticism to stop our run offenses. I think in this day and age, it's about matchups. And I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes when you have a passing can beat a different matchup than it was. Kinda, you know what I'm saying? Passing offense can beat all different types of matchups. And I just feel like so – if you have to ask me a question, I would say you got to pass the ball to win in this league. Mm-hmm. How you feel? I mean, I think the game of football is still fundamentally the same. Um, I think there's multiple ways to do it. I think those teams that get there uh, pass well, um, and there's a lot of things that playoff teams do in the passing game, but if we look at the teams that are successful and the teams that win Super Bowls, in my opinion, even if their team all season has been really good in the pass game, really good to run, any good in the defense, when it comes to playoff winners and Super Bowl winners, you see the game change. They always talk about, you know, oh, that doesn't matter in January. The, you know, January this, January that. Uh, when it gets cold, blah, 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 blah. Um, teams that run the football, that can run the ball and play good defense, Go further. I mean, you got to get hot. That's another thing that's got to happen, too. But even if you look at this past Super Bowl, 
those were two very good passing offenses. But if you look at the game plan, the winning team played dominant defense, ran the ball effectively, was hitting play action to the tight end. It wasn't a whole lot of Mike Evans and um, I mean, Antonio Brown did have a touchdown, but that was on like the red zone. It wasn't a whole lot of, wasn't yeah. a whole lot of swinging the ball. Yeah, you know, it was the fundamental old school style of game to a certain extent. So, I think at the end of the day, that identity is still what you need to have at some aspect of your offense somewhere in your team because eventually all that flash ain't gonna work. Um, sometimes you're gonna have to buckle your chin strap and still play the game. Um, but that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> but, yeah, I still – so, yeah, I, I I think that you can still win football games that way, and I think this, the Ravens will be able to win a Super Bowl with that model, hopefully. But if not, um, we'll see. But uh, anything you got to say, JC, to wrap this up? This is going to be – not just speaking in Ravens sense, but overall, this is going to be the most interesting draft in a long time, and, I, and probably that I sat down and watched. I'm looking so forward to this draft. Just from the second pick on down through the first round, it's going to be a very interesting draft. It's going to be the first, most interesting first round. First pick prediction before we go for the Ravens. If you had to throw a name out there, who you think? What I want to happen is Rashad Bateman. What I think they're going to do is I think they're going to pick a pass rusher. I don't know which pass rusher it is, but I think they're going to pick a pass rusher at 27. And something on my spirit also told me today that Rashad Bateman or Devontae Smith would fall and the Ravens would uh, trade up and get him. But my heart tells me what's really going to happen is the Ravens are going to be at 27 and then around maybe 23, 24, Tevin Jenkins falls. And we use some ammo to move up from 27 to 24. Nab Tevin Jenkins, stay at 31 or trade back at 31 and get the best edge or receiver available. And I think that's how the Ravens are going to move. Count it. Put it on paper. I like that Uh, move. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we'll be back. uh, Talk about Ravens training camp, offseason moves. When some more stuff develops. After the draft. We're coming back yeah. after the draft, man. After the draft. All right. We're coming back to the draft. There it is. Go Ravens. Uh, we'll Ravens. see y'all next time. What is this one they straight? Peace out. Go eat. <laughs>